This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week. It's going to be a television podcast today. We're on location in uh, Central City. I think we can say the QT Hotel because uh, we'll be long gone by the time we put this up. I'm with uh, David Morrissey. He's out here doing some um, promotional work for The Missing uh, Season 2. Welcome, David. Thanks very much. It's great to be here. Um, did, have you been done much work uh, travelling the world promoting the missing at all yet? And, and how long ago did your sort of um, production work finish? Yeah, I was answer your first question. I've just got back from LA where I was promoting the work over there and also the, obviously the UK and around the UK. So it came out just before Christmas there. It came out just last week in the US and uh, on the 5th of March it comes out here. So... Uh, yeah, and I finished, uh, gosh, I finished sort of about mid-July last year. So I filmed it from March to July. We filmed it all in Belgium, Germany, a little bit in France. So, yeah, the story all takes place in Germany. Yeah. Right, okay, okay. We, did, did you, when you were up, up for discussion for this role, did you... S- had you watched The Missing the first season? Yeah. Yes, I have. I came to the show as a fan. I loved the first season. I thought it was great. I mean, you know, Jim, Jim, Jimmy Nesbitt's a mate of mine and a great actor, and I thought he was gave a wonderful performance in the first season. It's important to say that even though it is uh, the second season, they're standalone seasons, so mm-hmm. you don't need to have seen the first one to understand what's going on. Yeah. The only common thing is uh, a detective called Julian Baptiste, the French detective, and his, uh, his special, uh, he specialises in uh, child abduction. And our show is about a family whose daughter was abducted um, uh, 11 years ago when she was 13. And the story starts with her returning home 11 years later. And the family, mother and father and, and son, they're a British family. I play a soldier, a British soldier stationed in Germany. And the abduction happened, and obviously that's a very traumatic time for them, but they, they sort of bond. They become stronger in their grief, really. And when the daughter returns 11 years later, that drives the family apart. It's sort of like their dreams are answered. And that's, what, uh, that's sort of what destroys them as a family, is this girl coming back and the guilt and the shame and the suspicion around her return, really, is what drives them apart. It's a multi-time scale like the first one, so uh, there's a big section of the show that is 2014, which is when the daughter returns. But it flips between them then and present day, when we don't really know what's happened. All we know is that my character, Sam, the father, is suddenly covered in burn scars all over his face and his back. The main detective, uh, Julian Baptiste, is is now in Iraq, his head is shaved, he's obviously not well, but he's pursuing some sort of investigation in, in Warden-Torn, Iraq. Um, and my character is having an affair with another character that we know from the, from the uh, previous timescale. It's not a very loving affair, it's quite a dark, grubby ex- experience full of self-hatred really so we're constantly asking and the daughter's no longer there so we're we're asking questions all the time and we play a detective as the audience we're always playing detective on this show now um 
you didn't say his name, so I'll have a go at it. Now, is it Techie Cario? Is yeah, that yeah, sort of right? Jackie Cario. Jackie yeah. Cario. So he's the sort of connection between the two uh, series, if you like. Yeah. yeah, he's a wonderful French actor who plays uh, Julian Baptiste. Yes. And uh, he's brought in because my daughter was abducted. She was held... Uh, by someone and we feel that that someone has had three or four girls that he's abducted and she when she's first found she's in a terrible state my daughter and she mentions this name Sophie Giroux who was a girl a French girl who was also abducted uh, 11 years previously and that was a case that Julian was uh, investigating so he comes to interview her but he's full of Suspicions. He doesn't think her story adds up. He's slightly trying to question her in a way that I don't like particularly uh, because he's tenacious and he wants to get to uh, the truth that is his truth rather than the truth of the the whole investigation of, of how well my daughter is. Yeah. Now, in the first season, uh, James Nesbitt, his wife, was Frances O'Connor. Now, playing your wife in this, is it Keely Hawes? Keely, yeah, right? Keely yeah. Hawes, who I've worked with before we did a show years ago called Our Mutual Friend and she was also in Line of Duty which is a great show in the UK uh, and she's now doing The Durrells which is wonderful she's a great great actress and then for me on this show you know it's a very heavy show it's a very the material is, is quite harrowing but it's uh, we filmed it in Belgium so Keely and I would spend hours on the Eurostar going from <laughs> London to Brussels and we just laughed the whole way, you know, which was very important on this show. Yeah. We didn't do a lot of laughing as we were filming it. We kept in the, in the mood, so it was quite a harrowing experience. But that end of the week, beginning of the week sort of journey that we would make together was very, very uh, necessary and, and very funny. She's a great, great actress and a great woman. Yeah. Now, you mentioned you filmed it in, so Belgium and then... Germany. In Germany. Yeah. Now, did you get to travel to... Um, to Northern Africa at all? No, I didn't go. I didn't do that. I, I didn't go there. So they they filmed. All, they filmed all that in Morocco. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, and they filmed that right at the end of the shoot. So uh, it's sort of I finished and they went off right. to do it. And uh, no, I didn't get to go there. I know it was a really they were they. It was a great place for them to work, even though again the story was quite harrowing for them. And also there is. Uh, uh, a guy called uh, Dari Olaf uh, Arison, who's a, a great sort of um, Icelandic actor who I've, mm -hmm. I've worked yeah. with in the past. He's a wonderful man. Yeah. Uh, the writers, Harry and Jack Williams, did you get to uh, spend much time with them at all? Well, no, I didn't actually. I mean, I met them before the show started, and, you know, I'm a great admirer of their work and stuff, but um, they were busy writing, so. <laughs> We went off to Brussels and uh, they stayed in London where they were sort of just 24-7 in a writing right. room, really. Yeah. So I communicated with them all the time, but as far as spending time with them was concerned, I didn't really, which is not unusual. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I do that a lot, really. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about, we, we hear a lot about movies that can take a long time to get a movie up, and but you've done a, an amazing catalogue of quality TV work. Do people work a little bit quicker in TV, and, and how does that differ from the movie process? They certainly do work quicker. I think, you know, uh, it's not different from that independent movie place. That's mm -hmm. very similar to TV. You know, you're battling time. But those big movies, those big uh, budgets movies, yeah, they, you know, in TV you will be doing 
five to eight pages a day whereas in those big movies you're probably doing like maybe even a quarter of a page a day sometimes you know they can be slower they can stop for long periods you know there's a lot of uh because they're they're a big show you know there's a lot of money behind them so they do tend to take a long time television has a turnover that's very quick they usually have a a, a slot which they're destined for before they've even made it so you know the the missing i knew it was coming out sort of we made it in the, in the spring and i knew it would be coming out in the winter that was the the slot it had so yeah time is not on your side but i sort of quite like that as well i quite like having that uh, need to get on need to sort of do it you know i, I quite like that yeah you mentioned the show was quite you know dark to work on um with um the walking dead in your cv as well i guess it's a different sort of dark though was it you're very different i mean the walking dead i'm very proud of i love doing it but it's also quite uh you know it's a heightened show it's a different world it's uh the idea of zombies or walkers and your your constriction isn't it yeah and you're constantly in that world and Mm. it's sort of great fun to do of course there's stuff inside there that you one can relate to i think certainly you know from a, a world situation people are relating to the show in a big way but it's not like the missing in the sense that with the missing you could really put yourself into that position uh, as a parent, particularly, so yeah, very different. But uh, yeah, I'm very proud of the, the Walking Dead. I love doing it. Yeah, to tell us a little bit more, just while we're still on on topic here with the missing about uh, Sam Webster. Uh, now he's a captain. He's a captain in the army. He would have come into the army when he was 16, straight out of school, I think. So the army has been everything he's known. And of course, like those guys, they look after him. You know, they're, they're his mother and his father. You know, they, they sort of really... There's n- you don't want for anything when you're in the army as far as those, those normal things that we do, you know, finding a house, rent, stuff like that. That's all found for you. Uh, but he served his country uh, very bravely. I think he's somebody who's been in combat zones. He's lost colleagues. He's lost friends. But when it comes to his own family, he can't protect them. And I think that's where he goes into an emotional turmoil then. He doesn't have the emotional resources to be able to sort of stand back from that situation and not take it personally. He takes it very, very personally. And when his daughter comes back, of course, she starts to fill in the gaps of what has happened to her. And that guilt and that shame comes back all over again. And he's a man trying to sort of get back to a place where life was good when he could protect his family when he was providing for his family and his struggle constantly is with his own responsibility as a man and a father tell us how do you prepare for a role and maybe give us the example of of the missing um how long before you've got to start work do you get scripts you know do you do you read your own lines did you do a read through with the cast stuff like that yeah, with the, with the with the missing, you know, every situation is different. But with the missing, I was in a uh, in a play in the West End just okay. before we started. So I was I was working, but I was sort of you know I knew the play and it was a great play and it was doing it, its job. And I so I had my days free. And in those days, so I sort of got the scripts probably about six to eight weeks before we started. Uh, my research was manifold really I met quite a, a couple of soldiers who told me what his uh, uh, trajectory would have been like from going into the army at 16 to where he is now the type of combat he would have seen the type of situations he would have been in 
Sometimes I spoke to uh, soldiers who would tell me about the, the, the um, family-like situation of being on a base in a different country. But with regard to what happens to Sam, I only read testimonies from parents whose children had been abducted. Uh, I didn't meet anybody. I felt, felt that that was going to cross a line, mm. really. So I read a lot of testimonies. There's a couple of books that have been written by people whose ch children have been abducted. I didn't get any information from uh, parents whose children had come back after a long period. Uh, so it was quite harrowing reading, and that's how you prepare, really. That's how I get in. I don't learn my lines. What I do is I work on the script and I, I break the script down. I, I, I work on the emotional elements of the scene. But I don't really learn my lines until I get to the set. There's always time to slightly learn your lines. I want the lines to be down, but I don't want them to be sort of down in the way that I would need them to be for the theatre. I want them to be a little bit sort of uh, at, the, at the back of my memory, really, a little bit sort of out of my grasp. Mm -hmm. uh, that adds to my spontaneity of it. Um, but yeah, that's how I work. I use a lot of music in my work. I sort of pre prepare a, a playlist for different things. Uh, Sam... He wears a Metallica T-shirt at one point, so I felt that that was sort of important to him. So I, le I listened to a lot of heavy metal, a lot of sort of, you know, metal stuff, which was great, uh, which I think quite a lot of soldiers do. So that sort of timeline was good. That was a playlist. So that's how I prepare, really. Um, yeah. The, my memory of Missing One is that it was pretty wordy. Um, did you have... Is there a lot of dialogue? Yeah, it is a bit wordy, but not. It's also very atmospheric. Mm -hmm. I think you know uh, Ben Channon, who does is the um, director, and, and Tom Shanklin, who did the first one. They're filmic directors. I think the television audiences are, are becoming more sophisticated in the sense that you can show me, don't tell me, sort of uh, examples. And in the missing uh, our, our show, really, you know, there, there, it is there's an atmospheric quality to it which is very visual and sound is very important to us as well but certainly uh, as the climax of this story is coming up there's a whole sequence in a forest that is very filmic and very right. atmospheric yeah. yeah what sort of an actor are you in terms of uh, the business I mean your representation would they say oh he's low maintenance he's he's you know pretty easy going or you sort of or do you like working do you all like to go from one project to another or you don't mind breaks just tell us a bit about that yeah I like working you know I like working it's what I love and you know as a, as a young actor I spent a lot of time out of work mm -hmm. and, and that's the hardest place for any actor to be waiting for the phone to ring I'm not you know and I'm in, uh, an interpretive artist so I need a script so I can go to work I've always been very jealous of conceptual artists who, you know, can work in their bedroom, you know, novelists, uh, musicians, painters. You know, if they want to go to work, they decide to go to work, whereas I need someone to employ me. I love working. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I was low maintenance, but uh, <laughs> I would say that, you know, uh, I always count myself lucky. I always think of myself as part of a team. Right. I think uh, I've also directed and produced shows, so I understand what goes on as far as putting a show together is concerned. Uh, so I'm a very appreciative of other people around me as far as work is concerned. 
uh, it is a team effort. You know, it's collaborative, and uh, you're only as good as the people around you. You know, so I, and I like that communal nature of my work. You know, I like being with people and working together. So, yeah, uh, I, it's a. I count my blessings all the time. I'm, I, I feel a very lucky person to be able to be in this craft and be able to work in a way and, you know, get travel around the world to promote it, but also to work. You know, I was recently in Prague for six months, uh, which is a beautiful city, and I mm. had a wonderful time there. Mm. You know, so, yeah, it's a, it's a great job. It's a really wonderful job. And given that you've done a bit of production and some directing, and I presume you probably want to do more of that, yeah. I guess, the... Um, do you like sort of hanging around and observing the process, even if you're not part of it, you know, or do you just get away when you're not required? I think one of the th- reasons I started directing was obviously I wanted... I loved working with writers uh, as an actor. Mm. And so as a director, you know, you start the process earlier and you're on set all the time. And it was part of the desire to be around more, to have right. more control and more you know, immersion in it that I, I started directing. Because as an actor, you come onto a project late. You know, it's written. Mm. Sometimes you come onto it very late. So things like, you know, the car you drive, the house you live in has been chosen, and I can, I can get quite antsy about that. You know, they, they, I should be consulted with this, those types of decisions. But you also leave a job early. You know, you leave the job at the end of the filming process, but the whole editing side of the process, which is a massive part of the job, is yet to be uh, yet to happen. So, I loved the idea of directing and producing, where you're involved from, you know, the beginning A to Z. Really, that's where I wanted to be, and uh, I love that. I love the um, the total immersion and you know, going from blank page to screening is is a wonderful project. What do you like at watching your own stuff? Because unlike movies, TV doesn't always have a big premiere where people yes, go and see yeah, it. No. So I guess there's sometimes opportunity to see, maybe sometimes not until it's almost broadcast. I like watching it when it's going out. Okay. I mean, I do. I mean, usually the first time I see it is when I do the looping, the ADR, mm-hmm. you know, and you only see bits of it and it's not mm-hmm. graded and it's always, that's a very depressing day when you do that. Uh, I'm not bad at watching myself. I think it's always important, certainly for younger actors, to watch themselves, yeah. you know, to watch and watch it a lot, really, because, you know, you can see how you work. Sometimes what you think you're doing is not actually what you're doing. So it's important to watch what you And get comfortable with the process yeah, of watching yeah, yourself. Yeah, I think so. But, you know, people work in different ways. You know, mm. some actors don't watch themselves at all, mm. and that's fine, you know, if, you want, if that's the way they want to work. I don't mind it. It obviously gets a bit harder to watch yourself as you get older, but then you just have to get on with it, really. And, and HD TVs are quite... Uh, they're, they're a different quality, so, you know, there's nowhere to hide with them. Yeah. But you just, you know, in the, in the end you go, well, that's the way I look, so you just get on with it. But um, it is... I like it. I like watching it. I like watching the stuff I've done. Uh, I need to watch it more than once because the first time yeah. I watch it, I'm not really watching the story. I'm mm. slightly watching me and what I'm yeah. doing, and then afterwards I can forget that. I can watch the whole thing the way that anybody else would. Yeah. yeah. Have you watched much where you've been surprised the way it's turned out? Either you thought it would, you know, they would use maybe different stuff or... Yeah, a lot. I mean, I'm always surprised. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's the great thing about it is, you know, when you go to a screening... 
because also you know you only do your bits mm. so you know you you do your mm, scenes right, yeah. and then you watch the stuff that other people have been doing and there's the missing is a great example of that you know it's a multi-character show yeah. so you're, you're concentrating very heavy on your part of the story and when you watch it you're watching the whole story with other characters other scenes and that was with the missing was such a joy to watch about how that unfolded and how uh the aspects of a character that you're interacting with that you never knew about mm. you know we you, you sort of read it but you don't know how it was played out so i found that fascinating and loved it and uh yes yeah, so i'm always surprised and and hopefully you're always surprised for for the good, really. Since The Missing, um, your work finished, have you done much else? Well, I went off from The Missing and I went to do uh, Britannia, which will come out at the end of this year, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, that's a, that was for Sky and Amazon Prime, and that's a Roman... Uh, it's all Historical about, drama, Yeah, yes. it's all about the yeah. second invasion of Britain by the Romans. I yeah. play a Roman general. Mm -hmm. Love that, it was great. And then I, at the end of this year, I'm going to be doing uh, Julius Caesar, the play, wow. at uh, a new theatre called The Bridge, which is in London, and uh, who knows where that will go. You know? Yeah, what, what time of year does that start? I think we start, well, actually, I think we start rehearsing in November, but I don't okay. think we open until 2018, so I think we open in the end of January 2018. Yeah. Right, okay. okay. So I'll be performing at this time next year. Yeah. Now, I'll be remiss, people listening to this all will be willing me to ask about The Walking Dead because sure. it's got a massive fan base, doesn't it? Now, did you realise how big a show that was sort of beforehand, before you became a part of it? No, and it sort of slightly grew as I got there. I, I mean, I came to the show as a fan, I've known Andrew Lincoln for a long time mm -hmm. and Lenny James, who are two actors who are in it, who I, I love. And so I watched the show and really liked mm. it. And then uh, it was getting a buzz around. It really was. It done two seasons. I came into the third season and, you know, the, the audience was really growing at that time. And uh, it was a brilliant show to be involved with. I mean, I get recognized all over the world now. It's a show that does, uh, you know, people watch it all over the world and really enjoy it. I get, I'm on Twitter, so I get lots of interaction around the, the world through that. Uh, he was a great character to play the governor. I mean, a really wonderful, complex, you know, quite unhinged person. And I love playing him, and I think uh, the show's uh, the show's been great for me, and I'm very proud of it. Yeah, must be a very different production to a lot you've done on, because it relies on a lot of effects, and it's um, very graphic, isn't it? Visually, yeah, um, yeah. that that where you probably haven't done a lot of that, maybe. Um, yeah, I've done I've done shows like that before. I've done sort of big. I haven't done uh, that type of. Uh, science fiction or yes. sort of fantasy based stuff, horror based stuff but one of the things about The Walking Dead which is important to say is that you know we know that it's you know got great actors in it and we know that it's great writing but the reason the, one of the main reasons for its success is what happens behind the camera the, the team that put it together the crew and the creative team and, and also you know just the, the people who work on the show hmm. are just Amazing, and their their commitment to the show is, is second to none. So, for me as an actor, it, it really gave me a benchmark of how those shows should work. You know, they they it is like a big family unit down there. You know, they they look after you, uh, not just you know you, you one as an actor, but everybody. You know, it's a 
It's a show that really likes its workforce yeah. and rewards its workforce, and, 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 and that's a very important dynamic, and not all shows do. So that's what I learned from the show, yeah, was, was how, to, how a show like that should be run. Yeah. A couple of quick things before we wind up. Um, now, I, I never pronounce this properly, but is it extant? Extant, Extant. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, now you were on that for... Yeah, I was with Halle Berry and yeah. with uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who then went on to The Walking Dead to play Negan. And, right. uh, yeah, so he's a... That was a great show. I love that. It was... Uh, she is a wonderful, wonderful woman. I mean, just... It was her show, and uh, she ran, uh, you know, a really... You know, she led from the front, really. She was a wonderful person to work with. And Jeff, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, is just hilarious he's a really great guy to be around and work with I, I i'm sort of hoping the walking dead writers will bring us together in some way i don't know how they'll do that but yeah that would be a good standoff because yeah, that was uh that was broadcast tv was it abc or it something was CBS. It was CBS. Yeah, okay. yeah, CBS. do their budgets do you feel like you're working they spend a bit more if it's it's got a slot on a on a major broadcast. I don't think like so. I think cable. I think cable shows now they have their audience yeah. and they're able to uh, get those budgets. No, yeah. I didn't. I didn't notice that much difference. Sure. Really. Finally, have you had any chances to work in Australia? I haven't. So, if there's anybody out there who wants to employ me, please do. You know where to come and get me. I'd love yeah. to work here. I've worked in New Zealand, okay. so I've worked down in this part of the world, but mm-hmm. I've never worked in Australia. I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Look, David Morris, Thank enjoy you, the rest of your trip. Thank pleasure. you. Cheers.